Well, if you were here a couple weeks ago, you might have noticed something and you might not have. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you perceive certain things. You, you think everyone notices something about you. Uh, but two weeks ago, I stood before you with my shirt tucked in. I don't know if anyone noticed that, if that was a big deal. I had several people say, you look very nice today. And I was like, okay, uh, I guess you want me to tuck my shirt in normally. But, uh, but, but here's what happened. The music began two Sundays ago, and we started to worship, and I needed something out of my office. And so I ran back into my office, and when I entered into my office, my shirt got caught on the door handle of my, my office, and buttons flew everywhere. Yeah, it was funny at first, and uh, so I was like, oh, that's hilarious, and I was like, I don't have another shirt. Uh, and so... I, I go running upstairs. My wife was greeting families upstairs, and I run up there. I'm like, uh, do you have a safety pin? Do you have anything? We're going through every drawer. I'm then running literally to every office in the building looking for something. I'm down in the kids' area. I end up bobby pinning it a little bit, and I, I tuck my shirt in as uncomfortable as that felt. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what. It was funny at first, uh, but as I've been honest with many of you, uh, I've struggled with anxiety and so it, it happened pretty quickly that it went from being funny uh, to begin feeling very anxious. Uh, I, I began feeling anxious. What am I going to do? What's going to happen? And for me, there was this lack of peace because for me, when, whenever there is feelings of anxiety, of worry, of fear, it usually means there's an absence of peace for me. And so in these moments, I worked through it. Uh, someone else helped me with a, a safety pin and everything was, everything was fine. And, and I started thinking... Um, that for many of us, as we think about conflict, and we're in this series, uh, Collision Course, as we think about conflict, we all know that there's conflict with other people. We just know that. But, but I believe that the person that we're probably in conflict the most, and that we have the hardest time dealing with that, is ourselves. The conflict doesn't always happen by an external thing. Maybe situations lead us to this place. But oftentimes, the hardest person to be at peace with is you. It's you. Uh, Romans 12, 18, we've been looking at this scripture every week, and, and maybe you haven't memorized at this point. It won't be on the screen, but it says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. Well, this morning, what I want you to begin to see is that everybody means you too. That, that at some point, we have to get to a place where we can be at peace with ourselves. We've said conflict is easy, peace is, is hard. Uh, you don't have to try uh, very hard to, to find yourself in conflict with other people or our, ourselves, but to really run after peace, uh, to seek peace, to be a peacemaker, uh, to do the things we've talked about is difficult. You have to make some really hard choices, and just quickly, I'm going to run through uh, what we've talked about for many of you who haven't been here. Uh, the hardest part, we said, was just taking that first step, right? To take the first step to go and seek peace with someone. And when you do that, we're going to say those two words, I'm sorry. Mm, that's hard. I'm, I'm sorry. And I'm going to own my part. I know it's not all my fault. Maybe my part is 1%. Maybe my part is 80%. But I'm going to own my part of the, the conflict. And I'm going to watch my words as I begin to deal with it. And then we're going to run after it, And we're going to work towards forgiveness, we looked at this idea of, well, why should we forgive and what forgiveness is and what it isn't. We've, we've navigated that a little bit. And, and then I said that there actually might be difficult times ahead of you when you try and seek peace. That as Paul, the writer says, if it's possible, which means sometimes it's not possible. 
Sometimes you're going to do your part. You're going to do everything you can if the other person just isn't willing to be at peace. And so we talked about last week, well, what do we do? Right? The world tells us, and, and our human nature is to, to repay evil with evil, verse uh, 16 and 17, before this verse 18. What, what do we do when no one else wants to seek peace with us? Our human nature is revenge or words to have this bitterness, right? Those are normal. We've all experienced that. But what does it look like to fight against that? Well, we see that Jesus gives these really difficult words, and he has this high expectation on our lives, if we're followers of Jesus, that we would actually love our enemies. We would love those people that we are in conflict with. We would actually do good to them, that we would bless them and not curse them, that we would pray for them. And I hope you got the picture last week. Uh, There were all these boundaries and ideas of who to love and who not to love. People were in and people were out. And one of the main things that Jesus does is he comes in, he breaks down those barriers and those walls. There is no longer us and them. We are all in need of God's grace and love. And there's this beautiful invitation for us to step out of those circles we've created and begin to love people, all people. And so we talked about what, what does it look like for us to, uh, to seek peace with people when they don't want peace And I've made the statement several times that it doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter the job. It doesn't matter the success. It doesn't matter what's in your bank account or what's not in your bank account. The car you drive, the house you live in, you could have it all. But if you do not have peace, I'm going to guess that you are not happy. That there's probably a lack of of joy. And maybe you're like me and there's this anxiety at times. There's this fear and worry because we are, there's an absence of peace. And so we see those people, we see those people who are going through difficult times, who maybe don't have much, and they just seem to be happy and at peace, right? And oftentimes we don't like those people, right? We don't like that they they don't have it all. They're going through difficult things, and there's still this peace to their lives. And I think there's a few areas where we need to be at peace, and we've been looking at the first one with others. Specifically, if you're a follower of Jesus, there's this expectation that you will be seeking peace with others that you will do your part as much as it depends on you, that you'll do that. But then there's this idea, as I said, this peace with ourselves. Are you at peace with yourself? We don't like the story we find ourselves in. We, We have a difficult, we could probably be at peace with others a little bit, but it's difficult if we're not at peace with ourselves. And then finally, what would it look like to be at peace with God? What would it look like to be at peace with God, we're going to wrap up this series and we're going to take a look at this idea that being at peace with God actually makes a way to be at peace with ourselves and to be at peace with one another. That if we can be, if we can make peace with God, if we can be at peace with God, it's going to be easier to be at peace with ourselves and at peace with others. And one reason I think it's so difficult for us to be at peace with ourselves is because for many of us, we're dragging along with us our past. It's hard for us to be at peace with God because we are always reminding ourselves of our past. We have been unable to let go of that. And when, when, when we are unable to be at peace with our past, we will be unable to have peace with ourselves. If you are not at peace with your past, you will not be at peace with yourself. I can remember when I was a teenager, 
I've shared this before, my, my family didn't go to church. I didn't even really know what that, that meant, um, that, that I, I didn't own a Bible, I hadn't read a Bible. Um, I remember seeing a book on a bookshelf, if you can remember, there was an old Bible. I think it was called The Way, maybe, and it was, I think, probably in the 60s or 70s. And I can remember that being on a bookshelf, but it never coming off the bookshelf. I never remember what it was. I had, I had no idea about God, but I had some friends who invited me to a winter retreat. And I've shared this before. They offered me three things. They really had to kind of beg me to come. They said there was going to be a lot of food. That's good. They said there's going to be sports that are played. I'm like, I'm in. And then they said there'll be lots of girls. And I said, sign me up. Uh, you don't have to ask uh, too much. I'm 13 years old at this time. Uh, and so I go to this winter retreat, and it's a great experience. And if you've ever been, if you grew up in church or as a teenager, you went to a winter retreat, there was that night. Some of you know what I'm talking about. There was that night where there was an invitation to come to an altar. And, and for me, it was the first point in my life when I believed or realized that there was something that could give me peace. That, that there was something that I could put my hope in. Like I wasn't living this crazy life where I'm 13 and obviously I have my normal 13-year-old struggles, but, but my story wasn't crazy, but I'll tell you, I was hurting. My mom had just moved out and my parents were in the midst of going through a divorce. I was stuck in the middle, being forced to choose who I was going to live with. And, and for me as a 13-year-old and feeling like I had disappointed my father, and there was so much going on and I was not at peace. And I remember for the first time, there was an invitation to experience peace. And I took it. I took it. But what was interesting is I continued going to church uh, there was a lot of people who I had seen make that walk when there was an invitation given to be at peace, to make peace with God, to accept forgiveness. And then it seemed like they would go again. Right? There was an invitation to raise a hand and to, to accept Jesus. And, you know, they said to close your eyes and bow your head, but I would look up every once in a while and see what was going on. And I'd be like, wait, 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 they, they did that last time. And I've realized now, and I think this is where we find ourselves often, is I think we believe that God can forgive us, but I'm not sure if we believe we can forgive ourselves. Right? I think we believe that God doesn't hold our past against us, but we are going to hold on to it. And so because we're unable to let go, because we're unable to give up our past, and to really believe that, that we're at peace with God, then we begin to question, did I say it right? Did I do it right? There are certain words or rhythm that I need to say it, and if I don't say it right, then I'm not at peace. And we have been made right with God. We have been made at peace. We've made peace with God. But we still are having a hard time believing it and living into it. And so, I don't know if that's been your story. And I think all of us, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, whether you believe at uh, believe in God. I think all of us have been at some point where we know that we're not at peace. And maybe you've never been able to put your finger on it. And I think far too often we like to pretend. We like to pretend that we can do it our own way. That the way that I'll experience peace with God is I'll just be good. I'll just be good. A way have I done more good than I've done bad. Right? Have I gotten to a point where I think God is okay with where I'm at and not really believing in this idea of grace and forgiveness? We pretend. 
Uh, I had just graduated high school, and growing up in Oklahoma, uh, we fished a lot. And so me and two of my buddies decided to go on a little fishing trip, and we took a very small little John boat uh, made for two people, and three of us were in it, all three of us, over six foot. And uh, my other buddy was an offensive lineman, so he was even a little bigger. And so we all three get in this little John boat, and we, we drive. We've driven a, a good ways. We get in this John boat, and we're, we're fishing. And I'm in the middle because I was the, the smallest. And so I'm in the middle, and my buddy John is in front of me. And we get out in the water, and he begins to cast. And he casts the first time, and it whizzes by my head. And I, I remember as clear as I, I said it, I said, John, you are going to hook me. I'm not going to hook you. The next cast, John hooks the back of my head. And I don't know if you know much about fishing. Uh, use these things called lures, all right? And John was using a lure that was about this big and had big treble hooks in it. And John hooks the back of my head. And I did what I think anyone would do. I just cut the line and I left the lure hanging in my head and we fished. I had driven, I had driven a few hours. I was not, I was 18 and not really smart at the time. And so I, I decided we're going to continue to, to fish. And so for hours, for hours, I fished with a huge hook lure in my head. We get out of the water, and I didn't call my mom until we got out of the water because I knew she would tell me to come home. And so I call my mom, and I say, I have a hook in my head, and I need to go to the uh, emergency room. And I remember stopping and pretending. I just had to pretend because people would see a lure in my head, and I would just pretend, right? I would just pretend it's not there. I would just pretend that everything was okay. I would pretend. It's funny, right? It's funny, but it's not funny when we pretend that everything is okay. When we are as far from peace as we could possibly be. But we pretend. We pretend. And, and the reason that we have to be and figure out how we make peace with God, that the reason I know we need to make peace with God is because we're at conflict with God. We're at conflict with God. I quickly want to talk about kind of two levels of, of conflict. Uh, the first conflict, uh, the, the word is just sin. So in general, just sin, uh, big, big word sin. This, this is where we find ourselves. This is where we're born into. It's not a behavior. Uh, it's just where we have been born into. Um, so if we, if we look at scripture, uh, Paul, uh, we've talked about Paul a lot. Romans 5.12, uh, Paul says this, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this, in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. So we believe that the original creation was perfect. But then because of the decisions of our first humans, the, the decisions of people, because they were given the, the freedom to choose, center, sin enters into our world. And whether you like it or not, we are born into that. And sin leads to death. I mean, just think about this. Uh, where there is sin, where we go against God's will, where we do our own thing when we know it should be different, when we hate, when there's selfish ambition, where there's fits of rage or sexual morality, where we want our own way, where we turn good things into ultimate things and we begin to worship those things, where we find our identity in anything other than God, when we sin, 
death follows. And what I mean by that is you've experienced the death of a relationship because of this. You've experienced the, the death of a relationship with a boss, with a relative, maybe with a spouse, with your kids. There's been the, the death of a job. You've lost your job because of decisions you have made. Our health, we, we experience that in our health. And because of sin, there is death. And because of sin and death, there is this separation from God, we're over here and God is over there. We have to make our way back to him. And let me tell you this, you cannot behave good enough to make your way back to him. You just can't be, you can't do enough good deeds. And this is where Christianity is completely different than any other religion. Uh, other religions, it's if I just do enough good, I'll have good karma, um, that Allah will be pleased with me because I've done enough good things that hopefully I've done enough good things. But for us, this separation, this conflict with, with God, we do not behave our way back over to God. Jesus has made a way for us to be back and to be at peace with God. Uh, there's a guy named Nicodemus in John 3. We, we, many of us know the, the second part of, of John chapter 3. Uh, it's the most famous in John 3.16. But before this, this conversation starts with this guy named Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus is a religious leader, and most of the religious leaders didn't like Jesus. They had a problem with Jesus. But the scripture says that like, at night, Nicodemus didn't want anyone to know that, that maybe he was uh, wanting to know a little more about Jesus. So at night, he comes um, to Jesus, and, and Jesus basically says, look, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, hold on, Jesus. Uh, I'm not really sure how that's possible. Am I supposed to enter back into my mother's womb? That doesn't make sense. And what Jesus is saying is you have to be born into a new kingdom. You have to be born into a new reality that your current reality has to change and you have to enter into a new reality. So that's where we have John 3, 16 and 17, that God so loved the world, that's you, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is peace. That is peace. 17, he says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We find peace in that. You might think differently about God. You, you might believe that God has come to condemn you. That he's just waiting for you to mess up. But we see right here that it was by God's love that he brings Jesus to make a way for us. Uh, Paul's words, he's writing this letter. Uh, I'm going to talk about Paul just in a second, but listen to the words of Paul. He's writing to this uh, group of Christians Colossians 1, 13 and 14, it says this, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Now this is Paul, and you've heard me talk about Paul if you've been here. That Paul literally hated Christians. His faith was so strong and what he believed that he thought anyone who came and followed Jesus was so wrong that they should be wiped out. He's persecuting them. He actually goes and asks for permission to go find Christians and pull them out of their houses. This is Paul. And then Paul has this unbelievable encounter with God. And then he writes something like this, where Paul is writing out of his experience. Paul is saying, look, I used to be in the kingdom of darkness. But... 
But through the love of God, I have entered into the kingdom of light or the kingdom of the Son. And he is saying he has found redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And what I am saying that Paul might be insinuating is it's because of that that Paul is now at peace. I mean, what else can give you peace from that? From knowing what Paul had done to people, what else could bring peace? Someone else, not our own behavior, but this gift and grace of God that has rescued us, that has brought us into a new kingdom that we have not behaved our way into, that he has done it. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, right? He's saying we, he's writing to a group of Romans he wouldn't even know. He doesn't know their story. He doesn't know how bad they are, right? He's writing this to you. I don't know your story, but I'm telling you that you have been justified once you have faith. It keeps going. We have what? Peace with God. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We have peace with God through faith, not behavior, not showing up on a Sunday morning, not by paying our tithe, none of that. We have faith that we are at peace with God because of Jesus. Now, this is what I know. For many of you, uh, you at some point have said, yeah, I've made my peace with God, right? We, We know people who are kind of at the end of their lives and we would ask the question, have you made peace with God? And many of you have probably done that. You are at peace with God. But you still lack peace. And the reason I think you lack peace is you're not at peace with God. You've made peace with God, but you are not living in a place where you are at peace. I'm thinking about my kids and the rules I have for my kids, uh, specifically my seven-year-old who is at that point where he's starting to figure out like where can I push and where are the boundaries. And, and when, when Kay, just in natural as a seven-year-old, when he hears the word no, uh, there is often not peace in our house. Uh, the, the no does not live. I know many of you can't believe that, that my son would be at a point, but, but there are those moments where my no has ended his world and there is not peace. And so what I could do, what I could do just so we could be at peace in my house is I could just say yes. Right? I could just say yes to everything. But if I said yes to everything now, there would be consequences later. And so I, I think that God often has told us no about things. But his no is to bring peace to our lives. His no is to bring peace to our lives now and forever. So God isn't anti-fun. He's not out to get us, but he's a heavenly father who wants the best for us. Who wants us, us to experience life to the fullest and in abundance. And usually, often, when we're not at peace with God, when we're not at peace with ourselves, it's often because of our own disobedience. Uh, John, who knew Jesus, he stayed with Jesus. Uh, He's an old man now, and he's writing uh, in the Bible. We see it as 1 John 1, 6, and he says this, If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Right? If we claim to be at fellowship, if we claim to have made peace with God, uh, but we disobey we, we do what we want to do, we, we walk in the darkness, uh, then he says that we lie. 
and that we're not living by the truth. And we don't experience peace. We lie to other people, we lie to ourselves, and we lie to, we lie to God. Now, let me be really clear, because some of you, uh, if you've grown up in our denomination, uh, there was probably a point where legalism maybe crept in. And there was this thought, not just our denomination, but for many of you, there was this thought, if I behave correctly, if I check all the boxes, then God is pleased with me. Then he loves me. But can I just encourage you this morning and, and say, let's look at this differently. That God loves you. That the language is that you are a son or a daughter. And then our response to that is obedience. We don't obey ourselves into right standing with God. We are in right standing with God. And our response, because he loves us so much, is to want to obey, to want to do right. And when we don't, we experience a lack of peace in our lives. And so I believe that being at make peace with God is to have faith in Jesus. So have you? Like, and this question isn't just for those who maybe this is their first time in church or, or maybe has uh, been in church for a while, but, but this is a question for many of us who have been in church for a long time. Have you really ever made peace with God? Believing that it wasn't your behavior that got you to that, that place, but it was simply by having faith. Faith in believing that the separation, the conflict we have had, has, God has made a way through Jesus. Have you put your faith in that? Not yourself, and in no one else. Maybe, if not, here in a moment, uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. This isn't something we often do, but, but today I'm going to encourage you to make that decision. Um, maybe you have made that decision. Maybe you have made peace with God, but right now you're not at peace. You're not at peace. You're having a hard time obeying. You're having a hard time with current life situations, your struggles. You are not at peace. I think the way that we can be at peace with God is by submitting to God daily. Daily. That we just submit. We, we submit our struggles. We submit our good things. We just submit our lives completely to him. And that is how we can be at peace with God. Can I just encourage you? Uh, some of you may think that you uh, have been able to hide from God. That some of you maybe think that God doesn't know you or see you. Uh, one of my favorite things to do with my kids uh, growing up was to play hide and seek. Um, and if you have uh, ever had kids or been around little kids, they're usually not very good at it. Uh, just some pictures of my, my son. I came across this week, if you can see that. Right, he thinks he's hiding. Uh, and he's doing a good job. You think you're hiding from God. Can I just encourage you that you're not? Can I just encourage you with this picture of I would stand over Cade and he wouldn't even know I was there? Right? He wouldn't know that his dad's presence was right around him until he turned his head and he saw me. Would you just hear from me that you maybe have been running from God? That you didn't think peace with God was possible? I believe in this heavenly father who is waiting for you who wants to make peace with you, but wants you to be at peace. Why would we refuse this? Why would we choose another way? Why would we want anything else? And so we're going to participate in communion uh, here in, in just a moment. And Greg's going to come up and is going to go ahead and start 
uh, plan for us. Um, but could you just do two things? And I'll, I'm going to talk about communion in a second. Um, but I want to talk about two things just really quick as, as we do this. Um, would you, if you haven't in these moments, would you maybe just begin to ask God to give you faith? Would maybe this be the moment where you move from the dominion of darkness? You, you change your residency? You, you move into the kingdom of the sun, into the light? And man, that will give you peace. You will be able to make peace with God. And then if you're not at peace with yourself or with God, would you begin to ask God, God, what do I need to start doing or what do I need to stop doing? What would obedience in my life look like right now? What do I need to start doing? What do I need to stop doing? And you begin to ask for strength. You ask for healing, that God would heal you of things. And then you cling to his forgiveness and then you wake up tomorrow submitting yourself to God. You submit and you say, all right, today, God, I'm going to live at peace with you. My struggles, the things that I deal with, I'm going to obey. And I'm going to follow you. So I want to give you a few moments um, to do that um, before you take communion. I I love the picture of what Jesus does. At the end of his life, he knows what's next. He knows about uh, being brutally beaten, that he's going to, die on a cross that he is going to come back but it's in this moment before that happens where he has surrounded himself with his disciples uh, those who had been following him and what I love to think about when I think about the disciples uh, you have some people in that group that, that just didn't do a very good job you have Judas who, who missed it who actually turns Jesus over and plays a part in that um, you have Peter who would deny even knowing Jesus. But Jesus is reclining at a table with these followers and he invites them into a different reality. He invites them into a different way of living life and, and he takes he takes the bread. I'll, I'll read here in Matthew 26. He says this. Jesus says, while the, the scripture says, while they were still eating, Jesus took bread, he gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. He's painting this picture of the fact that he's going to go to a a cross and that his body is going to be broken. And he's going to give of himself so that we may be made whole, so that we may be at peace. 27 says, Then he took the cup and gave thanks and offered it to them, saying, drink from it all of you this is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins that jesus will die a death on a cross so that we may experience forgiveness so that we may experience peace and jesus is offering this to a group of people who are going to forget who he is or at least claim to not know him that Judas will have missed it, right? And so you may feel like you're at a place where you're unworthy, that maybe this isn't for you and you couldn't be more wrong. That to be at peace with God and to make peace with God really has so much more to do with what God has done for you than what you could ever do for him, right? And so here in a moment as as Greg plays and I'm gonna have a couple people come and, 
and help me. Um, there, there's going to be a bowl and, and you're going to come up and you're going to grab a piece of bread and the person's going to speak uh, words to you. Um, Christ's body broken for you. Make it personal. Right? God so loved the world. God so loved you. Right? His body was broken for you. And so as you come, we often come to this kind of somber. This morning, you have peace. We come joyfully to the table. We come knowing that we have peace because of what God has done for us. So as you come, don't come head down. You, you come and you look at the person as we speak words of life. This is Christ's body broken for you. And then you'll take the, the bread and there'll be a cup and you'll just dip it in the cup and then you'll take it and the, the words will be spoken is Christ's blood shed for you Christ's blood shed for you and you can take it and return back to your seat so you have an opportunity maybe for the first time for you to receive communion as someone who has faith for the first time you're welcome to the table and everyone is welcome to the table for some of you who are having a hard time being at peace with God, would you be reminded of what was done for you so that you could be at peace with God? My servers will come down and, and help me at this point. If you, uh, if you have an allergy... Uh, to gluten, there's a plate here at the middle that you can use. If you have a hard time standing in line and uh, and you need to use the middle, um, there's a, a little cup that you can grab and uh, a cracker. If you've been sick and uh, you feel like you need to use that, that's uh, okay as well. So again, um, when you're ready, uh, we're not going to be in a hurry this morning. Um, I gotta be honest, there's these times where I feel like we need to be rushed. And this morning, uh, just as God's peace uh, is felt in this this place, I just don't want us to be in a hurry. So if you take communion and you need to rush out, you got somewhere to go, feel free to do that. Um, but, but as we come, normally we have several stations. We're just two stations. We're gonna rub shoulders with one another. We're gonna do this um, together. This is a, a symbol of our unity that this brings us together as one. It doesn't matter where we've been, where we've come from, uh, race, nationality, gender, economics, it doesn't matter. At this place, at this table, we're one. And so I wanna pray for us, and after I pray, uh, feel free to, uh, to come. Uh, God, thanks for this morning. Um, I'm thankful that the process of finding peace for me uh, happened so long ago, and that you have made a way for me to be at peace with you. I pray for my friends um, today that maybe this is their first time, that today they would move from the dominion of darkness into your light and they would know what it means to be at, to make peace with you. And then for some of my friends who are in this place, who are, who are struggling, who are disobeying, that, that we know what you want us to do and we fail to do it and it's hard for us to be at peace with ourselves and it's hard for us to be at peace with you, uh, would you help us to, to cling to forgiveness? to our redemption. And the Lord, would you heal us? I pray for healing for many of my friends today. I pray for strength to, to not give in to the temptations that we have. And so Lord, we come to the, the table, we come and we receive these elements, believing that your presence is near to us as we do this. And we don't even always understand it, but this is a, 
a means of grace for us today, a reminder of who you are and what you have done on our behalf. Would you bless this time as we do this? Pray in Jesus' name.